I really saw modern dance for the first time. I had no idea people could move the way they did. I had no idea that choreography could be that way. I didn't know there was so much creativity and technique. Things that I love about ballet, along with the freedom that can be found in modern dance. Welcome to Dance Journal NYC, a podcast about dancers, artists, and performers living and working in New York City. I'm Katie Dorn, and today we're talking with former Mark Morris Dance Group member, Stacy Martirana. Stacy has a deep love for movement. Her unique insights into switching her college studies from ballet to modern dance are inspiring. She also has some pretty interesting feelings about performance for a dancer who's worked with so many different choreographers and has danced all over the world. One of my favorite memories was my very first show, and I was six years old, and I got to be in the middle of the long line of dancers because I was the tallest. And being in the middle, which is of course the furthest away from the wings, where in the wings, the teacher was doing the dance so we could follow. And I, of course, had the most difficult time, but I remember loving it and thinking I did such a good job. Were you six when you started dancing? Was that how old you were when you took your first dance class? I was. I was six years old. My very first class. And how old were you when you began getting involved with dance in a more serious way? When I was 16, I really got serious because that's when... I started doing extra things, like going to summer camps. And that is the year I remember seeing San Francisco Ballet. And it inspired me to really go for it. You saw them and you were like, I want to do this. I have to do this. Yes, I wanted to be a ballerina. That particular performance that you saw that really inspired you, was that a moment where you realized people do this professionally, I want to do this professionally. Yeah, it was definitely, I saw how exquisite they were and beautiful, stable, grounded, and I wanted to, I wanted to be like them. I don't think I even realized what it took. I just knew I wanted to do whatever they were doing. So we're going to fast forward a little bit. You attended NCSA which is now UNCSA. And you started as a ballet major. I did. What was that like? It was hard. Um, At the university, there are ballet majors, which are high schoolers and college students. And the majority of the students are high schoolers. And they are absolutely incredible. So at the Peabody Preparatory, I was probably considered one of the stronger students. And when I showed up and had my first year as a ballet major at NCSA, I realized that there were much stronger, younger dancers than me. I felt pretty lost, pretty actually depressed because that was the first time I realized that specific dream was not necessarily going to happen in the way that I pictured it would. 
I did enjoy it a lot, though. Uh, we got I got to work with some amazing ballet teachers. Nina Danilova stands out in my mind. And she actually is the one or one of the teachers that encouraged me to move on into the contemporary dance department. So you did switch. I did. And what made you decide to switch degrees? You know, having a very specific goal of becoming a professional ballet dancer, did you feel like switching to modern dance was like a letdown in a way, or was it just sort of a change in mindset? I did see it as a letdown I, at first. I saw it as me giving up on my dream. When I was encouraged by some of the ballet faculty as well as the modern faculty to switch, I saw that as I'm not good enough to be a ballet dancer. So now I have to be a modern dancer if I want to dance. The thing that changed that in my mind was when I saw a performance of the contemporary dance majors and I really saw modern dance for the first time. I had no idea people could move the way they did. I had no idea that choreography could be that way. I didn't know there was so much creativity and technique. Things that I love about ballet, along with the freedom that can be found in modern dance. Seeing that show just opened my eyes and I thought, wow, these dancers are incredible. And they're dancing to different music, different kinds of music, and wearing different kinds of costumes that I had ever imagined myself wearing. And I was so inspired by that. And that is the first time I did not see it as giving up. So you graduate with a BFA in contemporary dance. Yes. And then what? What do you do? Do you just up and move to New York? Right after I got my BFA, I spent three weeks at the yard, Martha's Vineyard, working with Helen Simoneau and Charlotte Griffin, performing their works. And after that, I did. I moved right to New York. I ended up living with my grandparents on Long Island for a full year. It was supposed to be a couple weeks. Turned into a full year. I moved right away because I had met a choreographer who's now a very good friend as well, Daniel Gortzman. I had a performance a month after I moved to the city with him. I also auditioned for the Amy Marshall Dance Company and started working with her and the company. And lastly, through a connection, I, I started working with Netta Pulvermacher. All amazing, completely different experiences, completely different work, a lot of traveling from rehearsal to rehearsal, maybe three in a day sometimes, maybe three hours each, and then commuting back to Long Island. After that year of working with all of those choreographers, I, I gave it up for a year. I was burnt out. It was a lot all at once for me. It was amazing and I was so lucky, but... I realized I don't know if this is actually what I want to do. I decided to enroll myself in the Yoga Works teacher training. And I took an entire year off of dancing altogether. Did you miss it at all? I did eventually. In the beginning, when 
the teacher training was fresh and it was new and I was learning so much. It was so fun to be at school for something else. And and eventually I did start to miss it. I got the itch back. And that was probably towards the end of the year. I then started taking classes at the Merce Cunningham Dance Studio. And you you were a rug. Yes. When, when Merce was still alive. Yeah. Um, what is a rug? A rug is the repertory understudy group of the Merce Cunningham Dance Company. And what is the process of becoming a rug? Ah, the process of becoming a rug is you take class at the studio, beginning in elementary. Everyone has to start there no matter where they are in their career. And you eventually get promoted to take intermediate and then advanced. And when you're taking the advanced classes, you are taking class with the company. Often those classes were taught by Merce Cunningham himself. What was it like taking class from Merce? Merce's classes were so good and dynamic and weirdly creative. They were amazing. So we'd start with all the set exercises, back exercises, and the plies, tendus were things that happened every day, no matter who was teaching. And they might be slightly different. But Merce, when he was teaching these things, would make them either faster or slower to the point where they were almost impossible for me anyway. (laughs) He would sit at the front corner of the studio in his stool, holding onto the bar, and he would speak what he wanted us to do with our bodies. And he would sometimes move his feet. When I was new to his class, I had to watch the company members to see what they got from it because I I couldn't understand what he wanted us to do. His tempos were so hard. The jumps were so slow. The adagio was so slow. And the footwork was so fast. So some of the most exhausting classes I've ever taken, but I learned so much. What happened when he died? What was the feeling within the studio? It was such a sad time. It felt like it was so sad, whether you knew him for 50 years or you had just met him. This amazing man, choreographer, mentor to so many people, was just gone. And that studio was such a community. That space was so sacred for so many people because he had been there so long. And for dancers who didn't even want to be in the company, I think it was a sacred space. And there were you know, older women or men who lived in the building who would just love to pop in for a class. And it meant just as much to them. And we knew that it would never be the same. But I think I was, I was so new as a rug when he passed away, probably two months in, and had probably been at the studio for maybe a year or two. So mostly feeling still, just the drive, the excitement, 
to show his work and to get better at it and perform it. Is there something that you've learned from Merce that sticks with you in your everyday life, even outside of a dance studio? Yeah, if anything sticks with me, it's our bodies are capable of so much more than we think they are. We are able to do so much if our minds, and this is yoga philosophy coming through too, but if our minds don't get in the way. He believed in what our bodies could do, probably more than we even did. Hi everyone, it's Katie here. Dance Journal NYC is supported by Gibney Dance, where I'm often taking some of my favorite ballet classes in the city. Join the Gibney community this spring for exciting opportunities, including teacher training for dancers, educators, and professionals with Axis Dance Company and making dance creative process workshops. Gibney is also offering savings through a spring break special running March 11th through April 8th. To find out more and stay up to date with the latest news, Follow Gibney Dance on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at gibneydance.org slash classes. Thanks for listening, and here's the second half of our show. You go from being a rug with Merce, and you join the Mark Morris Dance Group, which is very is very different than Cunningham. Um, but what was it like being in a full-time, full-time dance company where you're working and you're touring and you're traveling a lot? Amazing and so exciting and exhilarating and crazy. So with Merce Cunningham Dance Company, the company does not perform to the music. So the music is set on on top of the dance. We rehearsed in silence. Mark's work is in so many ways the complete opposite. It is kind of a fusion of dance and music as one and the group that I was dancing with went from three other dancers to probably 17 other dancers I felt what it was like for the first time to want to perform my best but realizing it wasn't just for me anymore it was for the group I had never felt what it's like to both feel the support of the group and the importance of doing your part for everybody. And that was a pretty incredible feeling and put also a lot of pressure on me. I was not good at spacing because I didn't have to do much of that with the Merce Cunningham. I was only dancing for the most part with three other people ever. Um, and in terms of music, it took me probably two years to really feel like I was hearing the music and dancing with it. And that was something Mark worked with me on a lot. He would always be in class telling me I'm not on rhythm. At first I, I thought, I, I don't understand. I didn't, I didn't see how I wasn't. And it, it took time to realize how subtle those, those changes are. In your career, did you have any doubts about dance or moving to New York or performing? Probably my whole career. <laughs> I definitely had a lot of doubts about performing. I didn't know if I really loved it. Honestly, I don't 
know that I ever loved it. I loved, for sure, taking class and rehearsing and perfecting all the little details. But when it came to performing, I I get very nervous and often very in my head. And there were times I was not, and I was just purely enjoying myself. But I still don't know if I ever really liked, loved performing. What is your favorite dance in NYC memory? Like being a dancer in New York City. Oh. Okay, we're going to go deep here. I was performing my very favorite work ever in the entire world, which is L'Allegro by Mark Morris. And it was my first time performing at the Lincoln Center. I was given the role of performing this very short, moving solo, which happens towards the end of the dance of the work, and is called the Melancholy Octet. I end that solo all the way upstage, center, standing on my right leg and my right arm, right fist, pointing right up towards the ceiling. And I have to hold there for the rest of the dance, and it's pretty long, a couple minutes. Now, my parents were supposed to be at that show. They were going to come up to New York to watch it. However, a couple months before that, my dad had a spinal cord injury. He had a biking accident. And so that was my first time performing that he wasn't able to make it. The music to that section is some of the most beautiful music in the entire world. During those minutes standing there with my arm up, that was just my moment to think about him and what happened and how strong he is and get through those emotions in the way I know best, which is through movement. Well, and it's also very rare that as a performer, you get to be on stage and be still. Yes, that is so true. I can imagine that, you know, you're very present in the work, but at the same time, you you do have the ability to step out of it and think about you know, your life and other things. And so it can be a really special sort of experience. Yeah. You have recently retired from dance professionally. What was that process like? I had stopped enjoying the things I used to love. Uh, the things like taking class, like rehearsing, and the things I maybe never loved, performing. I didn't really love being on the road anymore, away from my husband, my dog. And I I just wasn't loving it enough. And I did love so much about it for so long, but that time that time came to a close for me. I started taking yoga. I had stopped teaching it for the full time I was in the company. So I reconnected with somebody I knew from where I I used to teach, and that woman now owns a studio, and she hired me to start teaching. And so in my last maybe half a year of being with Mark Morris Dance Group, I was also teaching maybe two or three classes a week. And I was realizing that I, I do love to teach, and it fulfills such a different part of me. 
having something else I know I can and want to do made my transition a lot easier. Um, so the year was a lot of thinking and figuring out what I really want in life and figuring out a way I can make that happen. What is something that's important to you that you think you'll miss by no longer being in a dance company? I am going to and already do miss the sense of community that I had with my fellow dancers. Being around those same people day in and day out, moving with those same people, that closeness that comes with that, the bond that comes through the struggle and those, those friends all along the way. It can be like a family that I think every dancer knows what that feels like. I was very lucky to have that. Thanks so much for listening. If you're interested in hearing more, please subscribe to Dance Journal NYC on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website, dancejournal.org. You can find some fun photos on our Instagram account, Dance Journal NYC, and of course on our website. Our theme music, soundscapes, and audio production are by Jesse Anders. Special thanks to Eben Hoffer for technical support. Dance Journal NYC is produced by me, Katie Dorn. If you or any of your friends have any dance stories you'd like to share, please email me at katie at dancejournal.org.